You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Well, this is the term we coin a term, a different phrase, kind of gears our focus, helps us to be laser focused on what we're believing for in the life of church. And last term, September to December, was the term of mission. And this term is the term of miracles, the term of miracles. So I don't know what you're believing for or not believing for yet, but I'm confident of this, that the God who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Meaning that if you're in need of a touch from God this year, This term, I believe in a God of miracles who can do the immeasurably more in you and through you and in your life. So we're gonna see God do some amazing things in our hearts, in our minds, in our workplaces, in our schools, this term in Jesus' name. But we kick off 2024 with a brand new series called Refresh. Everybody say refresh. Refresh. And today I'm preaching a message on refresh your faith. Refresh your faith. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at what we call the five F's in the life of our church. Faith, fitness, family, friends, and finance. So the next couple of weeks of our preaching series are going to be geared around these different areas and how we can start 2024 just being refreshed, refreshed in things that should matter to us, things of faith and things in our world. And on your seats, there's these brand new journals. You can go ahead and grab them just now. They are awesome. And right on the back of the journal, which we're gonna look at towards the end of the service, says my Bible verse for 2024. And I really wanna encourage you at some point today, over the next week or so, just to get a word from God, a verse for the year that you can bank on. And then just in the first section, it's just got a little bit of an overview. But I'd love to encourage you to start the year just by, by us becoming a note-taking church. Neuroscience says this, says writing by hand increases brain activity and recall tasks over taking notes on a tablet or a smartphone. I'm guilty of this, taking notes on my phone on Sundays, but how easy is it just to default onto WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, I'm looking at the youth. You guys are perfect. You don't do any of this. Manchester youth, I'm talking to those guys. But let's become engaged in church. It's 75 minutes on a Sunday once a week. And I think God is deserving of our full attention on Sunday. And I believe that regardless of the preacher, whoever it is, he or she, that God wants to speak to you through his word because the Bible says his word never returns to him void. Meaning he's got a word in season for you and a word in season for me. So we kick off our series, anchoring this in Luke chapter six, starting from verse 36, going to verse 39, if you've got your Bibles or you can check the screen. It says this, he told them this parable, this is Jesus speaking. No one tears a piece of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new one will not match the old. And no one who pours new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins, that's new vessels. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, they say the old is better. My message today is refresh your faith. 
Now, I want you to ponder with me to the land, the realm of New Year's resolutions for a moment. Dare we go there in 2024? In 2019, I was living with Richard and Lynn Lake. I was renting, living with them. It was a great season in my life. They blessed me massively. They're not here today, otherwise we'd shout them out properly. But I remember it crossed over from the 2018 to 2019. And I thought to myself, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to join the 5 a.m. club. The 5 a.m. club. What is the 5 a.m. club, you ask? Even now, I don't really know. It's like the, the season of personal development where you wake up at five in the morning and you work on yourself from five in the morning till nine before you do your nine to five. People like Michelle Obama talk about the 5 a.m. club. And I thought 2019 is my year where I'm gonna be that guy who joins the 5 a.m. club. So start of January, I woke up at 5 a.m. It was pouring down outside and I thought to myself, I'm gonna go for a run. I hadn't run in years. I thought, I'm gonna go for a run. And you know, I used to do sports, so how hard is it gonna be? I'm just gonna go for a run. So put my clothes on, stepped outside, pouring down with rain and Yulo, and I started going for a run. About a kilometer into the run, I'm in Yulo, running in the dark. It's pitch black. It's chucking it down with rain. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I at 5 a.m., in the middle of Yulo, getting soaked, going for a run. This 5 a.m. club sucks. I hate the 5 a.m. club. So I 180'd, ran back home, shattered, soaking wet, and thought to myself, never again am I going to join the 5 a.m. club. My New Year's Eve, my New Year's Day resolution started and ended on the same day. Have you, church? ever had a New Year's resolution that kind of went, it ended just as quickly as it started. The facts say this about the gym, dare I go there? The cliche of the New Year's resolution gym says 12% of gym signups happen in January, but almost half are gone within six months. Oh, cliches. We're we're sick and tired of cliches, aren't we? They're, they're true, but they're the true phrases and true things that we say, but we're annoyed because they're just over-repeated and overused, even though they're true. Cliches like this, you can't judge a book by its. You win some. Actions speak louder than. Dare I say it, I'm gonna be sick. New year. New you, oh, it's just cringy, isn't it? New year, new you. Cliches often feel cringy or awkward because of that very reason, because they, they can be true, there's truth in them, but they're overused, so we oh, shudder up, we don't like them. I think cliches can either be cringy or they can be compelling. And I think the danger for us in 2024 as a church is we can come into a brand new year and shudder away from trying to get better and improve and grow because of the cliche of New Year, New You 2024, when I think this cliche was actually designed not to be cringy, but to be compelling. 
What if in 2024, each and every one of us took ownership to refresh our faith, to not just step into this year doing the same old thing, the same old way, getting the same old results, but as the men and women of faith in the room, if we made a decision to keep growing in the things of God, moving forward, longing more for God's presence, then what could God do in our hearts and in our lives as we sought Him together? But there's a danger, in fact, if we don't step into this new season, new year and grow. The Bible says this in Luke 6, says in ancient times, catch this, this is the context for the new wineskin. In ancient times, people, were, people made wine through fermentation or the process of aging wine. New unused wineskins, usually made from the skin of a goat or lamb, were the primary vessels for the aging process. The new wineskins were filled with unfermented juice and left to age for a period of time. Gases formed within the new wineskin as the flavor, the color, the balance, and the boutique of the wine grew. Catch this bit. Because the new wineskin could expand and hold both the new wine and the gases. However, if someone poured unfermented juice into an old wineskin, the forming gases caused the skin to burst and as a result, they lost both the new wine and the old wineskin. Church, God has got new wine for you in 2024. But if you've still got the same vessel of the old wineskin, then you're gonna lose both the old wineskin and the new wine. So there's an opportunity for us today to step into 2024 and be a people of new wineskin. Clinical psychologist Sabrina Romanoff says this, the new year, serves as a cyclical marker of time by which we reevaluate and take inventory of our lives. I wanna to suggest today, church, it's time to freshen up. Turn to your neighbor and say, freshen up. Some of you took that personally because you forgot to put aftershave on this morning. Not looking at anyone in particular. It's time to freshen up. Really quickly, in 14 minutes, I wanna give you six quick things we can all do, and I wanna urge you to take at least one and apply it week on week. Six things that we can all do to refresh our faith. Are you ready? Brilliant. Five people are ready. Are you ready? Amazing. Okay, the first one is intention. Intention. You've gotta be intentional. We've gotta have great intention because most great actions start as a great intention. Dom and Meg, they got engaged. It was an intention that resulted in an action. And when Lysandra and I were long distance dating, I thought about it was time for us to get engaged. So do you wanna hear a little bit of the love story? Yeah. Yep, it's like a rom-com in church. All the ladies are like, aha, that's why I came to church today. Tell me more. So we sent postcards long distance and it was, you know, cute. We'd write love notes on it. And I think we kind of forgot that Everybody else could read the postcards. So when I was living at Richard and Lynn's, I'm pretty sure they saw some postcards that, uh, yeah, a little bit too lovey-dovey, put it that way. But we sent postcards long distance and uh, I planned our engagement. Um, I thought about, let's go to London, the place where we first had breakfast. So at each stage of the day, I'd give Lysandria a postcard, which was a clue to where we were going. We got breakfast. Then we went to a really nice park in London. We got engaged. We went to... 
uh, the ice rink at the Tower of London, then went for food in Canary Wharf. An incredible day that all started with an intention because getting engaged didn't just happen. It required intentions. I do have a friend called Johnny and Johnny bought the engagement ring for his now wife, but got so nervous about proposing, he spontaneously proposed to his now wife in his mum's kitchen. They were just cooking lunch and uh, he was so nervous, he just got down on his knee, proposed then and there. So at times it starts with great intentions, other times it just randomly, spontaneously happens. But Psalms 90 verse 12 says this, teach us to number our days. In other words, plan with intention that we may gain a heart of wisdom because without intentions, our days simply fly by. We're dragged from pillar to post, demands from the family, from the workplace. And before we know, we've aged and we've grown. Life has flashed before us and the things that were on our heart, the dreams that we once had have long gone and passed because we didn't have intention. Intentions are vital. My, mother, my mother-in-law is in the room right now and she once asked me, what are your intentions with my daughter? Great question, wasn't it? And then when she was uh, getting she was together with Craig, they were dating and uh, I asked Craig the same question. I said, Craig, what are your intentions with my mother-in-law? It was brilliant, brilliant to get my own back. Church, what are your intentions with 2024 when it comes to the things of faith? What are your intentions with your Bible reading? What are your intentions with your prayer life? What are your intentions with being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit? What are your intentions with being baptized in water? What are your intentions in growing with God? Because before you know it, time will flash past by and we won't have been intentional. And so we'll, I wanna suggest not grow closer to God, but we'll go further away from God. It's time to freshen up. The second thing is we've got to change. To refresh our faith, we've got to change. Isaiah 43, 19 says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, the Bible says. Do you not perceive it? God is always interested in doing a new thing in our hearts and through our lives. And the cycle of life is all about change. The seasons change. The weather changes and don't we know it. The bank balance changes, friendship groups change, the economy changes, our workplace changes. Everything around us and about us changes for better or for worse. Heraclitus, the Greek philosopher said, the only constant in life is change. And so our walks with the Lord, hear me, they should change but they shouldn't decrease and grow stale and drift us further away from the house, further away from the things of God, further away from communion with the Lord, but we should increase. We should be a people who today are more in love with Jesus now than we were five years ago because God loves us so much. He sent his son into relationship with us to grow in relationship with him, grow in our love with him, grow in our great exploits, So today, if your glory days walking with the Lord were in the past, I wanna say Isaiah 43 verse 19 is a word in season for you in 2024. See, I am doing a new thing and it's time for us to press in and to change. You are the master of your life. You are in control. So it is up to you whether or not you grow closer in the things of God or you drift further and farther away from him.
Church, it's time to freshen up. The third thing is risk. To grow in our faith, we've got to take risks. Many of you will know in August, I went to Ukraine and many of you will think that that was the risk in itself. Let me be honest, we were in a really safe part of Ukraine in the Southwest doing some leadership training. And it was more like a holiday resort where we were than anywhere near any of the trouble that was taking place. But I took a risk while we were there and we had done four leadership sessions. I had preached four times. I was preaching Sunday here. I had a lot in my mind, a lot of content, a lot of stuff. And the pastor Valeri asked us on the last night if we would all say one more thing to the team before we went. And he said, you know, we want you to do 10 minutes. And we thought 10 minutes between six, really easy, two minutes each. He was like, no, 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 10 minutes each. And it was at 11 at night. We were leaving at 4 a.m. They're like, 10 minutes each, give us your gold. So I went to my Bible. And in this room full of Ukrainians, and the context is, some of them were on the front line, had been medically discharged. Some of them had lost friends in the war. There was an anti-Moscow um, sentiment, of course there is, um, amongst the country, but in the church and the people of God. Someone had on their phone cover, uh, I hate Moscow. So that was kind of the environment of the anti-Russia feeling sentiment that we were in. And I read my Bible in Matthew and it said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, Right? It's easy for me to do this here, right? We're not at war. We haven't lost people to war. But here we are in Ukraine with a room of leaders and this is what God's put in my heart. So I talked about the time I'd spent in Russia, people I knew there, friend, new friends in Ukraine and spoke what the Bible said, what Jesus said and created a ministry time for us to pray. And one of the biggest risks I think I've ever taken in any leadership context, ministry context, and people started to cry, get emotional. People getting breakthrough. You could feel the Holy Spirit in the room doing a work because we prayed for Russia and we prayed for healing. But in the middle of this, there was a couple of people in the middle towards the back who sat the whole time and just shook their heads at me. Now, sometimes it's hard to preach in church, but when you're preaching and people are shaking their heads at you mid-message, that is a totally different experience, shaking their heads. They just totally disagreed with what we were doing, even though it was in the Bible catch that, right? And I'm not suggesting that was an easy thing to do, far from it. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we broke through, people got healing touched, and it was a really special moment. And I think it would have been easy for me to take the foot off the gas, do something really nice, something really easy, you know, a think bigger, live larger, kind of let's leave you on this note, life message of mine. But I took a risk, and I'm so glad that I did, because People came up to me afterwards and were thanking me for the boldness to do that and saying they got breakthrough in their hearts and in their minds, a beautiful moment. But Proverbs 29, 25 says, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. More often than not, church, the reasons we don't take a risk in our faith, risk in our personal lives walking with the Lord is because of the fear of man. The Bible says the fear of man is a snare. In other words, it snags you, stops you from moving forward. It's like a bear trap that grabs your foot and you cannot move. So in other words, for us, if we're gonna do the great things that God has for us this year, if we're gonna move across the road into the building, if we're gonna see signs and wonders, if we're gonna see miracles and more people touching our city than ever before, we've gotta get over the spirit, and it is a spirit, of the fear of man because the 
fear of man is a snare. So if you're living under the curse of the fear of man, it will hold you in the prison of restriction and walking with God. But I wanna suggest today, taking risks is what turns the, the mundane into the miraculous in your life. So what happens is when you turn the key of taking a risk, walking in faith with God, no longer is Christianity boring, mundane, stale. You're just doing your nine to five, getting home. Suddenly you start to see miracles in your heart, in your life, in your workplace, in your family, all because you took God at His word, a God who is a God of signs, wonders, miracles. In this term of miracles, I'm declaring for some of you, you've carried pain in your body for years. This is the term where God's gonna touch your body and you're gonna get set free from the pain in Jesus' name. Refresh your faith starts with taking a risk. It's time to freshen up. The fourth thing is this, is to invest. We've got to invest. To refresh our faith, we've got to invest. Proverbs eleven twenty five says this, a generous person will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Refreshment doesn't come by your saving, but it comes by your investing. Faith is both vertical and horizontal. Vertical in the sense that we are called to love God. Hear Israel, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Our Lord our God is one. Love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love God, vertical relationship with God. Jesus comes and tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. So suddenly it's horizontal. And in a world where we're laser focused on our, our house and our own four walls and what we can save, what we can do, what we can achieve, our status, our reputation, our followership, I wanna suggest the refreshment doesn't come by us saving and hoarding and holding in. Actually, the refreshment comes from our investment. So today, church, I wanna challenge you in this year, in your faith, how can you invest in others? One of the words for serving is this Greek word called therapin. It's where we get our word therapy from. So in other words, by our serving, there is a therapy that takes place. It's a supernatural exchange. So today I wanna to challenge you, invest. To refresh your faith, don't just invest in your own walk with God, but invest in the lives of those around you. Don't know where to start, join a small group. Don't know where to start, join the team. And let's together be a church that refreshes one another. It's time to freshen up. The fifth thing, are you with me? Five out of six. Five is hail. Hail and move on. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Your capacity is limited by your biggest and your latest wounds. We've all got wounds. We've all got scars. I've got mine too. Don't have time to tell you about them. Hurt and unforgiveness, unmet expectations, abandonment, rejection, and the like. And I'm not naive enough today to pretend that what you've been through isn't raw and tender. But I'm confident enough to believe in a God where the Bible says He binds up the brokenhearted. By His stripes, His wounds, we are healed. A God who can heal us, touch us, bind up our wounds. And in many ways, going from December 31st to January 1st, nothing changes. 
But what if something in your psyche began to shift and you made a decision to forgive that person? You made a decision not to hold that person in the prison of unforgiveness. You made a decision to get over offense. You made a decision to let the walls down and let people in where you've not let anyone in before. You made a decision to forgive your family member who seems to forget your birthday. What could it look like if each and every one of us made a decision to heal and move on? That's where we need the Holy Spirit. It's easy to preach it, easy to talk about it, but each one of us has to open up the door of our heart and let the Holy Spirit in to do what I call heart surgery, Holy Spirit heart surgery, that none of us can perform, but the God of miracles, the God who's able to do immeasurably more than we can think, than we can ask, than we can imagine, according to the power that is at work, today can touch our hearts and our minds and bring a healing and a refreshment. If today we begun the journey of letting Him in, it's time to freshen up. And the last thing is to get a word. We've all got to refresh our faith and get a word from God. Not a word from anybody, a word from God. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. My word this year is Ephesians 6.10. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. So whatever I come to this year, I've got a word. Whatever challenge, whatever obstacle, whatever fear of man, whatever restriction, whatever somebody says it doesn't agree with my spirit, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. What is your word for your life or what is your word for the year? It's time to freshen up. God wants to do something new in us and through us this year, I believe it. It's gonna require us to be larger, bigger, more faith-filled people if we're gonna cross the road, cross the Jordan into what is ahead. The Bible says it like this in Matthew 26, 39, talking about Jesus at Gethsemane. Going a little farther, He fell with His face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Right here, Jesus is in Gethsemane. He's thinking about the cross. He's gonna go to the cross, take on the wrath of God, the sins of the world, die a death on the cross for us. He's sweating drops like blood, the Bible says. And so in this moment, the pressure, the weight of the calling is bearing down on Jesus's shoulders. He's asking, is there another way? Gethsemane in the Aramaic means olive press or oil press. There was once an ancient mill here that produced olive oil and the oil then became used as anointing oil in the Bible. So the same way grapes are pressed to produce new wine, here the olives were pressed for the olive oil. Jesus here in Gethsemane is literally in the place of pressing, but He stayed committed to the pressing because the pressing brought refreshing. He right now is in the press. He's thinking, is there another way? But He takes on the punishment that was due to us on His shoulders. He stayed committed to it because the pressing brought us refreshing. We are refreshed by salvation. We are refreshed by hope in the Gospel. We are refreshed by forgiveness. We are refreshed by His healing. We are refreshed by the words of the Lord that were penned on paper. We are refreshed because there was a press. So today, 
you've got to find your own place of pressing if you're going to live a life of refreshing. This is the term, the season where there needs to be a refresh in each and every one of our hearts. But we've got to find that, that place of pressing, that place where we press into the things of God, that secret place. It's not easy, it's difficult, it's challenging, it costs us time, energy, but it's worth it. Because as we press into Him, we are refreshed by the words of God, by the presence of God, by the things of God. I just got a sense I was press, prepping this week, uh, this Bible verse is for someone in the room, 1 Kings 13 verse seven. It's totally being used out of context here, but let me explain. It says, and the King said to the man of God, come home with me and refresh yourself and I will give you a reward. Get a sense that's the Lord speaking to some of you in the room. He's the King and the King said to the man, to the woman of God, come home with me and refresh yourself and I will give you a reward. The Lord is calling you home. Where does home look like? Home is in relationship, closeness, proximity with Him. He's calling you home today. So right across this place, why don't you jump to your feet if you're able. And we're gonna press into the Lord just for another moment or two. And I want you to ask God to speak to you about one of these things in your life. Where is it that you need to refresh? Is it in taking risks? Is it in changing the diary? Is it in opening up your heart for healing? Or maybe right now in this moment, you've been really distant from God and you just get a sense that in this atmosphere of faith, in this atmosphere of worship, you've got to press into Him. Speaking over your life right now, come home with me, refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. Thank you for listening to this Audacious Podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.